Salam Radio Show acknowledges that the land from which we're broadcasting is the land of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. The colonial project is ongoing and continues to disenfranchise First Nation people. I recognize that sovereignty has never been ceded and like to pay my respect to elders past, present and emerging. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Salam Radio Salam y'all and welcome to Salam Radio Show on 3CR Community Radio. Um, I'm here with a really special guest, um, Becky, also known as Su Chen. Um, uh, Becky Su Chen is a Chinese, Malaysian, Australian artist, musician and creative producer working across audio, visual and interactive medium. Throughout her discovery and performances in her musical project, Su Chen, loss is examined on multiple levels, from the death of our loved ones to our widespread societal tendency to disappear within the ones and zeros of modern life's tech-driven rush. Between the banal pastel dystopia of the secretly Susan era music videos to the invention of Linda, a ghostly apparition who manifests in her losing Linda LP, Becky's cinematic, surreal, and staged landscapes allow her unique take on pop music to sit with its own uncanny terrain. Becky's most recent release is in collaboration with Chinese Yu Zhang player and composer Mindy Meng Wong. Their debut collaboration record Origin of You centers around a continual shift in an individual's understanding of identity and of the self, coming to the term with who you are, who you are f- where you are from, and where you will go. It is about life, death, and birth, and it is about transformation from daughter into woman, woman into mother, from outsider into friend. Outside of her musical projects, Becky hosts a monthly show on NTS Radio and works as the sound and music supervisor for art processes. Within this role, she collaborates with arts and cultural institutions to meaningfully incorporate sound, voice and music into the visitor experience with a decolonial imperative. Mm-hmm. Hi, Becky. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for reading the the bio. <laughs> yeah, no, I wanted to read it because I would like to touch on all all of all of it because there's a lot of you know topics that um, are important to talk about in the show and to know you as well as an artist and understand your message. Um, uh, yeah, uh, thanks for coming on Salam. <laughs> Thank um, you for having me. Yeah, and um, it's so good to to know that. As an artist that I've been, that I've admired their work for a long time, to know that um, you've been very vocal about Palestine and um, reaching out to uh, to Palestinian communities, to Arabic communities, to Jewish communities, um, 
to know what you can do as an artist, what you can contribute as an artist in this um, in this horrible time. Mm. And it's just like, it's just so heartening for me to see that. And um, I'm so stoked to have you on the show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, thank you. Yeah, I mean, it's the least, uh, as the least artists can do right now is to actually mm. try and meet people who are more closer to this grief and this trauma. Like, I think... I have a hard time understanding people who aren't curious enough to to do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, same. Um, there's a lot of conversation going on um, about what we could do as individuals, like first, that topic. Um, and it feels it's it's now the time to get out of your shelter or your, um, you know, your 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 a secured zone and and start speaking up and start ex reading start exploring start figuring out what the hell is going on in this mm. world i, I think it yeah, yeah i i feel i feel that way it is like mm. i think i mean it's not obviously it's a culmination of many things but there is a lot of visibility on on what's happening beyond mm. all the other things uh, if if you are curious to find it you know, like I think some people sit, sit in different different algorithms on social media and might now we, you know, it's very frightening to know that some people might not be exposed to the same information because, you know, it's being s completely suppressed and skewed in, in any mainstream news outlet that, that cannot absolutely cannot be trusted. But um, I think people people need to get out of their comfort zone mm. and... Um, and kind of that discomfort it won't go away and that's just what it is like to be mm. uh, I guess aware in this moment like it's go it's really uncomfortable mm. but but in that discomfort there are moments of connection yeah. which can be like a relief and there are moments of um, mutual understanding making new friends as well I think that's been really exciting for me yeah me too. Like, I mean we've, we've yeah. met <laughs> and, yeah. and conversations and I feel like I'm connecting to people who actually really care about mm. being alive mm. like I just feel like some people do you not want to be alive and feel things right now that's I know, I'm not being, I've been trying to withhold judgment of people because I know that everyone's and you know you meant to meet people where they are at mm. but it's been so long now like there has been, you know, just, uh, you, yeah, that, that there's been knowledge out about the truth of what's happening. And, yeah, yeah it is, it is an, un it's a deeply uncomfortable, deeply unsettling um, mm. knowledge to bear witness to. Mm. But it's really our duty living, <laughs> living in this, in so called Australia, to really know what genocide is. Mm. It's, it could teach us about, what our you know what indigenous communities on Wurundjeri lands and every every country on this continent may have experienced but i think it's happening here it's yeah hap it has been happening in australia as well um in other places um and i guess palestine is gonna like shining a light on all these kind of genocides mm. that are happening um but also on a lot of other other kind of form of colonialization that we're facing such as like embarrassment of our identity for example or trying to uh, not uh, like be connected to other culture than white culture or 
trying to get out of this kind of image that we're supposed to stick to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, on every level, I guess, there's an awareness yeah. on every level of how... I think that's what rings so true. And we both just came from the rally. So mm-hmm. what rings so true... Um, in the in our hundreds in our millions we are all palestinians exactly. because we are all impacted by the you know the colonial projects from whether our, we have ancestry or whatever whichever role you know whatever role our ancestors might have had in these projects we are all implicated in in this yeah. so yeah there's so much to learn about where we come from and what we've inherited from our um from the generations before us but then also like emotionally inherited in our you know mm. I- I- intergenerational trauma but then what you're saying just then would i guess we talked a little bit about assimilation and mm. i think yeah there's there's obviously so much to talk to talk about within that as well yeah yeah i think um let's start with like i remember a period um which is has been changing recently and maybe with a Palestinian thing happening it's just being ex- exposed and changing faster where um, people didn't say where they come from or when you ask that question it was like um, I don't know a controversial question or like there's unspoken rule to not ask that question in Australia and for me when I first came here I'm, I'm from Lebanon and I I came with a like was an idea that I, I like where who I am and where I come from and when I used to ask people I, I assumed they would feel the same and it's out of curiosity and interest but I realized that also this was this same question was asked by you know white people to kind of intimidate you to kind of say oh you're not from here or which in the first place they are not from here either but you know and now it's changing. It's like there's a more celebration of culture and more love for it to each other. And um, yeah, and I think we would love to touch upon how you have experienced that. I feel exactly the same about mm. that question. And I've, I've slowly been unpicking that question. Um, yeah, for the last 10 years, I guess. Like, I think, I think probably since I've, I've kind of separated from where my... Um, where I grew up, I grew up in in Sydney, mm. um, uh, Gadigal country, and I um, always lived in close proximity to my siblings. And uh, and my my mum had, I'm first generation Chinese Malaysian, so yeah, my mum had gone through that process of assimilation multiple times. Where she where she grew up, uh, Malaysia was a British colony at the time, so she mm. she learnt English as her first like it's crazy that I, i'm just like oh my god how that's yeah. that's so sad you know that so i mean that's that's kind of another, another tangent but in terms of like answering that question yeah very much was like trained to find it like a racist question mm-hmm. um because of who was asking it but i've always said where where are you from is is really about the context who is asking it mm-hmm. is it yeah who's asking it and and is it out of curiosity is it out of um is it out of like kinship too? Like, mm. where are you from? You know, like, exactly. Is it a joyful expression, like you said? And I, I think I used to always like, oh yeah, join in the, oh yeah, it's like a racist question. But um, it's only as race, it's, yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it just depends who's asking it, I think. Also, I do feel like 
as an as um you know first generation i guess mm. kind of person here <laughs> it's a bit complicated but i mean coming here and language being my third language there's a lot of unspoken rules that i didn't know about and then when you do say those things people don't understand that you know you're saying them out of you know like curiosity or um just of you being genuine in your question or genuine in what you're saying or not aware of the context that they know so sometimes i feel that could transform into discrimination against immigrants as well or newcomers or yes like same was like um and and there's a lot of stereotypes that mm-hmm. happens and i feel like the people that suffer more are um i would say maybe arabic men or mm. you know or yeah like because they just haven't adjusted to are not aware of the context that's behind it and i think y- people don't give other people a chance i feel like i think that's yeah i was gonna say on that i do think i I mean i do think that that comes from people from within non-racialized skin making up the rules about what is racist Mm. and just oversimplifying these not understanding because like i didn't personally find where are you from offensive until i was taught that it was offensive Mm. to ask where are you from Mm. It's a, a part of like an assimil- an expectation of assimilation. Yeah. As as you said that you give away your culture when you become a part of west a dominant western culture. And that's and the only way you're accepted. That's the only way you're accepted. So then yeah. to acknowledge that you're not from here with pride mm. is not acceptable or something I, I don't know. It's like mm. I think that um it's funny because I was um <laughs> I did get asked it in a racialized way on mm. the plane the other day but it just did not bother me i got asked it by nice. a, I, I got asked by a south african man who totally racially profiled me yeah. but i was i was kind of like and he was an older man and he it's so weird he looked at my phone and i was actually listening to mindy and my music at the time. <laughs> <laughs> i was like oh i haven't actually listened to our release since it came out so i was listening and he looked at it and he sort of chi- had chinese characters and he's like are you chinese too uh, like you're chinese and i was like well, I mean, <laughs> and, then, and then we had this conversation and you know what? Like it was, it was fine. Like I didn't, mm. I mean, I don't know. I couldn't, I mean, he's with not people that would have met in any other context besides sitting beside each other on a plane. Mm-hmm. But um, I didn't mind engaging in, in that conversation. It was at least an honest exchange. Um, mm. I've had conversations with uh, other other artists about where you're from yeah several years ago where we we also had this thing like it depends who's asking you know it depends Mm -hmm. who's asking because if it is someone who is in the situation where they may have had to give up their um their vocation whatever they trained in Mm -hmm. in wherever their home country is Mm -hmm. to get employed in this country because they're uh training was not recognized which mm. is kind of common i think was mm. not recognized in this country different regulations and whatnot so they just say they're taking up a job uh as a driver or in the gig economy or some you know some kind of more uh accessible uh kind of labor then if it's in that kind of exchange it's generally never racist in in my it's, it's a point of connection or oh you look like we could have a conversation and i generally have a lot of the where you from conversations in 
if I've had to, yeah, if I, usually when I'm in transit or something, when I'm going somewhere, I'm traveling somewhere. So, yeah, mm. I think, I, th- I feel exactly the same with you. Taught to be not proud of where you're, where you're from. Or, well, in my case, um, I was just confused because I think it mm. was, I think it was a process. My mom was clearly like, you know, she had to assimilate and then took her a while to figure out what she was proud of, mm. of her, um, of her Chinese Malaysian culture as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it is definitely a process and um, really glad that it's changing. Um, I, yeah, I guess like a, uh, it's the, uh, well, let's talk about how we met each other, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, the first thing is I wake up and I see that Suizan like followed me. So I'm like, whoa, that's so cool. <laughs> and then I get a message from you asking th- because you've listened to a previous show that I've had. And I think it's the one with Nadim about fundraiser event that are happening for Palestine and what's the best way to go about them, which we touched on in that episode. But also we still are touching on that specific process because it's changing and it's evolving and I feel like now it's becoming um, a thing where uh, we need those events for cultural assertion for you know for existing as a resistance as well and for continuously talking about Palestine and showing solidarity and um, yeah, I, rem- I remember we had a phone chat about it. Um, would you like to tell me a bit more about that process and that, that specific event, which is the Musicians um, uh, for Solidarity with Palestine mm. event? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I reached out because I, w- I was just trying to connect in with the community. I couldn't I couldn't make some of the actual events because of um, just parenting duties and mm. them being yeah, at a particular time I couldn't make. So I was like, oh, I'll find out who was involved. So I reached out to you. But um, I was kind of contacted by a friend of mine who, um, who uh, Lachlan Denton from a band called The Ocean Party, who is, um, you know, he, he, he is not uh, a person of colour. He is from deep, <laughs> deep western New South Wales, deep country. Mm. And he would identify as just a very like white, jangle rock kind of muso person dude he'd probably call himself a dude and he has been very you know for the palestinian cause over the last decade has Mm. found it very confronting that nobody else is aware of how um horrible the occupation is for palestinian people so he was like ah man i want to do this gig um do you want to try and do it together i've just this this bunch of bands want to play and do something but we don't know how and uh, like we need to talk to some people and I was like I, I don't know he came to me because we also like just ran into each other I think as well and we were like um I, I think maybe we just saw each other and we just knew that each other cared a lot so mm. so I just it was just starting that process it's like okay well I need to talk to some people and find out what is appropriate because we had the intention to to want to normalize it for non-Palestinian people for non people of Arab background uh, or of Muslim faith or these other kind of more direct endpoints or of Jewish background who have, um, you know, who are for the Palestinian cause. We wanted to make it normalised outside of these 
mm. uh, communities who might be more activated in their grief and trauma right now mm-hmm. from having more personal direct connection and we we're like we need to make this more mainstream so we we want to kind of get the support and find out how we can do this respectfully and um and yeah so that's that was the process i reached out to musicians for palestine which is a a kind of more of an international movement and they've got a letter an open letter out that other musicians can sign and i spoke to samia from uh who was based in the uk who i think also is connected to nadim here and um mm. just got some you know got some encouragement to keep it focused on the music community specifically and healing within the music community and and kind of not partnering or presenting with any other organization so it does remain open for people and not kind of I guess so there's less about it that people would feel alienated by or or feel like you know we we wanted to keep it like this is a normal thing to do Mm. this is the right thing to do we should just be doing these events and not be fearful but the journey to get it happening there was a lot of learning a lot of conversations and just like already experienced um you know unintentional censorship just to language of use around framing the event and and um it really revealed to me that um there is a lot of disparity between the information sources that people are receiving information about what's happening in palestine at the moment um i think that the dominance of social media is is problematic in in how information is being received at the moment really problematic due to the Mm. the nature of the um the platforms and the people who design those platforms and what their interests are, which is ultimately not for the good of humankind. So mm. I think that the funneling into echo chambers makes it dangerous. So that's why I think pushing the conversations out into actual live events like the rallies or mm. but within a music community um, so people can meet people people who are allies for the cause or yeah. you know from the other specific groups I might, groups or communities that I might have mentioned before. So I think, yeah, the journey to putting on the event has been really affirming for me and it's really also it's something that I just really want to keep working toward direct action um I took a lot of inspiration from Sama Sabawi the author Mm. who said in an APAN um session and a webinar that um to be part of make the make your activism within the resistance something you love or connect it to Mm. your passion because you need to love it because it's it's for the long haul and so I think that's why just making it normalized in the musical activities that we all participate in felt like the first step for me so this is I feel like this is doing this event on on the 13th on Wednesday which also happens to be the day that um there's another organized event um a show of yeah, solidarity. Creative for Palestine. Creative It's all kind of common. And then there's like nightlife. It's all happening on the same week in terms yeah. of these organi- people's hard work and organizers coming to fruition. I think that it's going to be a pretty powerful day. And yeah. um, I think that, uh, yeah, just um, making it, making it um, the new standard of event to have yeah. some kind of awareness and solidarity shown for, for the Palestinian cause mm. is the aim. Yeah. yeah, amazing. Um, yeah, the, on the on the day, thirteenth of um, December, Wednesday, there's also creatives for Palestine. You can um, sign the letter as well if you're an artist or creative, which I think almost everyone can be, <laughs> um, because creativity is within us. And um, yeah, anyway, there's a lot to talk about that <laughs> specific topic. 
that I believe in, so maybe we'll leave that aside. But there is a letter to sign. There's two letters to sign as well. Um, so Creative for Palestine on Wednesday. Also, if you can wear a kaffir or um, brochure or something for Palestine at your work, that would be amazing. Um, and then there is uh, another letter to sign, and it's Nightlife for Palestine. Um, I, I also was involved in this one, just really small amount. Regan helped uh, put it together. And yeah, there was a lot of consultation behind it. And it came about after a couple of venues were um, organized uh, uh, events for Gaza, for Palestine. And afterwards, um, they got really um, smeared by the media as anti uh, as an anti-Semitic event, and which wasn't right in any sort or in any way. The event was purely for Palestinian cause and for the liberation of Palestine, which has no anti-Semitism in it. Um, so yeah, there was a couple of events. Some of them got canceled. Um, and yeah, this la letter came about, which been published by almost everyone I know who's an artist right now in Nam to yeah, for to encourage those events to happen more and to stop censor censoring them and to remove that fear, that fear, because we're all behind you. Mm. Remove that fear of if you speak up for Palestine and that you're going to be um, cancelled, that's not going to happen. Um, and even if you are cancelled, yeah. look at who you're being cancelled by. Who by, yeah, cares? Who cares? Like, honestly, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> like, I... I don't know. Like, if, if people are cancelling you for speaking up and having a, a human reaction mm. to what you're seeing, then they're not people that you need moving forward no. for work or for, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, I think. I mean, even if, if you, like, if you continue with those people, you are harming yourself. I feel that that's going to happen either now or later. Like, because at the end, um, they don't care about you. Like if they don't care about what's happening uh, about the one of the biggest, like the biggest genocide happening now, how can how are they gonna care about anyone in this world? Like this is um this is serious um I guess and so yeah speaking about events, there's your event <laughs> on Wednesday and there's another one that I wanted to plug in on the show, and this is by Russia who has um a tea shop an amazing pop up oh, yeah. tea shop called Betishai. Mm. And I really recommend people to um, to come to uh, like to attend the there's uh, to I'm sorry to speak to Russia and to know more about her products because uh, she has a lot of different mixes for different kind of things like immunity, stomach ache, sleep sleeping, uh, anything like that. And um, and as a Palestinian, she has a lot of knowledge behind those. Um, the tea that she sells and so there's going to be an event um, put together by APAN, Dardi Mun Munuru and Beta Shai on next Sunday from 3 to 7pm at Auntie Elma's Gathering Place uh, on 550 High Street, Preston uh, it sounds like a really beautiful event and it's, it's common with your event Becky as in providing a healing space. Um, 
and there will be it's a family friendly event uh, and there will be important stories from elders as well as series of talks on healing in ceremony plant kinship poetry dance music and song song lines um yeah so yeah keep an eye out for those kind of events and i guess i want to play couple of tracks maybe from from you Becky but also Russia has recommended couple so we'll play a couple of tracks and but first I'm just gonna put an ad to prepare for them we'll play some announcement and we'll be back 3CR is about community and we welcome your participation at the station 3CR is open to a wide diversity of volunteers and is a great way to connect with Melbourne's activist community have you ever thought about volunteering doing a reception shift getting a program on air training in radio skills or contributing to one of the station's committees there are many ways to be involved at 3CR to find out more go to 3cr.org.au and get in touch Stand in solidarity with Palestine this Sunday. With the most devastating attack ever launched on the people of Gaza, it's time for all of us to stand in solidarity with the Palestinian people. Israel has waged war on the Palestinians for the last 75 years. The Nakba, ethnic cleansing, occupation of the West Bank, East Jerusalem and Gaza. Israel has now imposed a total blockade on Gaza and declared war stopping food, electricity and fuel and launching an all-out attack. We have to mobilise to show our support for Palestine. 12pm State Library, this Sunday. Rally to demand freedom and justice for Palestine. No war on Gaza. Free Palestine Melbourne is a 3CR supporter.
This song is recommended by Rasha from Betashai by Camilla Jubran and Werner Hassler. Um, uh, yeah, there's another track that she's recommended by Khiyam Alami and Alami, who is an amazing artist as well. He's done a lot for actual, like the actual um, progression of Arabic electronic music. He's produced. Um, He's invented a couple of softwares for that, which is amazing. Um, this song is called Nagmat Tahrir. Thank you. 
um, this was Nagma Tahrir by Khiyam Alami. I mispronounced the family name earlier. Thanks, Rasha, for correcting me. I always thought it was Alami because there's a really, um, you know, when you try to translate Arabic names to English, uh, some letters just um, are h- hard to know which ones um, are which because, yeah. Um, Anyway, uh, so you're tuning to Salam Radio Show, and that was an amazing track by Khiyam Alami, recommended by Rasha, who runs Betashai Pop-Up Store. Um, I'm here with Su Chen. I realize I misspelled your name earlier, <laughs> too, but you were telling me a little bit about that I earlier, how... I was. Yeah. I was saying that I grew up pronouncing my Chinese middle name I grew up pronouncing it in like in an anglicized way to make it easier for other people mm. which I refuse to do anymore <laughs> and yes. I don't know it's taken me I've been making music for like I think I started using that name since I was 18 and allowed to play in venues it's my middle name and my grandpa kind of was like he gave me my, the name. Um, and mm. you pronounce it like Su Chen or s- more like that. And I would say Sui Chen to make it easier for like uh, the mm. Australian audience. And um, I, when I first used that name, I got told, why don't you have a, why don't you use your like first name? Like Becky, it's easier to say. Like people will tell me that. And I was uh. like, yeah, like, I don't know. I, there's a lot of that just, um, just like the, erasure of you know your cultural identity just on a day-to-day existence i'm eurasian and mm-hmm. i don't belong anywhere you know like half Malaysian chinese half you know um third generation scottish heritage or something like that so it was really important that i stuck with using the name but only since i started collaborating with mindy um mm-hmm. and i started to notice i was pro- uh, i was correcting people's pronunciation of mindy's name mm-hmm. and mindy was like why don't you <laughs> <laughs> if you're pronouncing, um, which you pronounce uh, Mindy Meng Wong, and you mm. pronounce it correctly, t- like the it's it's W E N G, but it's like it's not pronounced that way. And I um mm. at a show, Mindy was like, "Why do you? Why do you?" <laughs> she pointed it out, and I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna start trying to pronounce my own name a bit more uh, true mm. to to how it should be pronounced." But so I'm kind of st- it's all a process, isn't it? Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's all a process of decolonizing decolonizing your, yeah. your own thinking about yeah. about like um you know i'd love to learn uh you know arabic pronunciation as well like mm. of, in this moment too because i think i mentioned to you when we had our chat i grew up it's not something you would know about me but i, I grew up my stepmother uh is lebanese so really? you know, yeah so she spoke um Arabic and I had step cousins who were all yes I remember yeah. this conversation yeah actually. yeah and so I kind of was I've always loved it and I, you know mm. I've always <laughs> always loved it and I grew up with the food as well grew up with Lebanese food Yum. and and <laughs> and Chinese Malaysian food so I think oh some of the, the best food <laughs> that's amazing so, you know I love you've been well fed <laughs> <laughs> I've been well fed yeah. okay what is this like you know when you you know, like pub meals and you're like what the hell is this pub pub food anyway mm. um yeah so names it's yeah. all part of the process. Well, speaking uh, speaking about your collaboration with Mindy, mm. um, would you? I would love to hear a track oh of yeah. both of you. Sure, I'll play. Oh wait, I have to. Uh, 
I will play, um, do I need this? Yes. Oh, I will play a, um, a song. Um, sorry. Yeah, bear with us. It's, uh, it's Kong, it's Emptiness, so it's a little of a long track, but, um, it's a healing kind of track, mm. maybe relevant for this moment. We kind of came together as we're grieving our parents who had, we've got separate parents, obviously, but we'd both lost a parent um, in a similar time of our lives. So this song is about kind of the empty, the emptiness feeling. Uh, I guess after you've kind of released some of the pain and the after you will only get, the, the only way you'll get through the really dis, the discomfort of, grief and pain and, and suffering is if you allow yourself to feel it mm. and then after you feel it there is some mm. kind of release so this is what this piece of music is amazing like. let's play it I wake and moonbeams play around my bed glittering like hoarfrost to my wandering eyes upwards the glorious moon I raise my head then lay me down, and thoughts of home arise. Chang Qian, Ming Yue Guang, Yi Shi, Di Shang Shuang. 举头望明月低头思故乡床前明月光一世地上霜床床前明月光一世地上霜一世地上霜一世日上霜霜举头望明月月低头思故乡乡长长天明月光光举头望明月月
Glittering like hoar frost to my wandering eyes. Upwards, the glorious moon, I raise my head.
And we're back here tuning to Salam Radio Show on 3CR Community Radio. And I'm here with Su Chen. Um, that was such a beautiful track. <laughs> like, thanks for playing it. Um, I hope the listeners enjoyed it. Um, there's something really beautiful in collaboration. Mm. And uh, yeah, the fact that your collaboration with, you're collaborating with... Mindy Mangwong um, is is really cool. Like, and um, I know Mindy Mangwong has done a lot of stuff with Music in Exile, mm. which is an amazing collective that I really recommend people to support. Um, and they do have a record label as well, mm. and they've supported Sudanese artists mm. as well. And um, even uh, Camille, who was on our show a while ago but keeps coming every now and then Tarabit um, has worked with Music in Exile as well so they've covered a lot of genres from and musicians from the global south and mm. they are based in Footscray right? Mm. Well or actually um, yeah. now I guess the pers- one of the main people is uh, his s- Joe is his name he's somewhat nomadic um, like he's always okay cool you're like where, the, where is he? He. <laughs> <laughs> he he travels around a lot. He, he's also a musician himself, so he plays kind of in different bands and um, as uh, yeah, he uh, it's it's a really important project because um, it you know like supports a lot of people who who uh have landed upon these shores for multiple reasons mm. um, uh, and maybe refugees f- have having f- like fled countries for mm. you know yeah um 
from violence and come here for safety and then not being able to you know uh practice music in the way that in the way that they they would have in their home countries so music in exile Mm. offering you know providing platform Mm. for artists and to celebrate really it's like a it's a celebration of of that kind of uh diversity um of a lot of people who i guess now i don't know i feel clunky in saying to identify as like australian because i don't feel like that is something to be proud of at, no. at, at, in this moment yeah. so i don't want to like almost brandish people with with the australian identity because what is it really right now mm-hmm. like it's so divided it's so confused it's yeah um but yeah music in exile is an important project and that that is how i met met Mindy um mm. Mindy being a Chinese artist from Langzhou Langzhou which people might know as uh if they've had if they've eaten uh <laughs> noodles from mm. this region it's like the the Langzhou is famous for for hand pulled noodles so <laughs> and I've eaten Mindy's hand pulled noodles oh, <laughs> it's, nice. re- it's really good um but yeah we we uh we didn't Sounds actually so holly <laughs> Having Mindy's handful noodles <laughs> and then going on a dam and yeah 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 <laughs> um, yeah. yeah um yeah the uh, I guess yeah one of the artists I've supported who was on the show as well is Gordon Koang mm. whose music is incredible and he's so incredible yeah a South Sudanese artist um so yeah I guess the we were talking a little bit behind the music um in the studio about how this um yeah music in exile need our support and how a lot of those you know what do you call them kind of like initiatives done by individuals and that have like a community feel are very under or not well supported within our community and I feel like a lot of people would rather book a ticket for a more popular event mm. at a more popular venue or, you know, um, it's, it's yeah, it's it's a bit disheartening. It's, uh, even 3CR, like, this is an amazing station. It's the only station that I know that's really representing Palestinian voices yeah. and um, without censorship as well. Mm and it's it's of so much value um to have those institutes and um because it is part of resistance as well Mm. i think so like so what you to what you were saying before i think people can easily fall into this like apathetic state of despair of feeling like oh it's overwhelming and you know there's nothing i can do i'm a pawn in this system and that's very true in some ways but you do have power if you have any um have any kind of <laughs> sounds so crass but if you exchange in money and mm. uh, then that is the way that you can be powerful even if it's not much money and so you have to be very conscious of your decisions to where you put that money exactly and if yeah. you're not if you're just mindlessly buying your coffee from some cafe and not really aware of that that you're so you know intentionally supporting a local business then like you know that five dollar coffee like Mm. you know you every bit counts i guess in this instance so i think it's a time for people to be very mindful about how they're spending their money not only for their own benefit to be like you know a a responsible person in in this particular moment but also as in like find out where your money goes and what it's supporting in Mm. in that in that 
greater scheme connecting to like the BDS movement, but I'm talking about um, what you were saying, which is there are reasons why, you know, events happening in smaller community spaces or, you know, like the, these less resource spaces because they have less resources, <laughs> so they need your support. And also because they're probably, you know, trying to do something different, trying to do something that is not mm. widely accepted by mainstream uh, mainstream culture. And I think I think that, like, people just uh, – I'm not trying to be shamey. It sounds so mm, – it's easy I'm to not, shame people. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know, even know who I'm speaking to. <laughs> people <laughs> might be, like, preaching to people who are already, already aware of this because you're listening to this. I think they are because you're listening to this. So this is more yeah. so for if people that don't, aren't aware of this. I always <laughs> fall into this trap <laughs> of um, <laughs> admonishing. Uh, it's just I don't want to do that. So yeah. uh, apologies. Apologies, people. <laughs> you're listening to this. Clearly you're switched on. Yeah. But um, I guess the thing is it's, it's also like um, some, I guess, you know, there's also sometimes a passivity into how we kind of support things. We we do mm. it quietly. We do it. We don't really talk about it. But mm. taking the next step to be visible and to to show your support is really important for mm. this for the Palestinian cause in this moment. But also extending that to every aspect of your mm. you know your participation in society right now. I think it's it just be really intentional about what you do. And you know, um, so a friend asked me like, what is the you know when when there's so much horror and horrific imagery. Um, uh, to to witness to bear witness to at the moment, someone asked me like, what what is the ultimate benefit to being like this informed? And and I kind of was like, I guess I said to them, mm. like it, it it informs your principles by which you live by. Mm. So I don't know to like like to live a principled life. There's a lot of pride in that. No matter how many maybe this is more the angle to take. No matter how many people try and make you feel like you're mm. being uh difficult or you're mm. being like depressed you know that you're, you're you're being depressing or you're being when you're being i don't know i, I feel that way sometimes yeah, i feel like amazing. i talk about issues that mean something to me and i met with people's eyes glazing over or they're kind of like oh you're talking about that again <laughs> or you know like whatever and and i'm like why are you trying to shame me because i care about something and yeah. i want to live intent intentionally and um i yeah. guess it's also a form of um, living in Australia, where you're not allowed to be angry, this is n- it's not cool. This is a conversation that I've had with a lot of friends as well. It's like it's not cool if you show your emotion. It's not cool if you, you know, like things or like or uh, so I don't know. Like um, yeah, be angry, emotional, sentimental is like it's not cool. It's not cool to be political. Uh, it's cool just to drink and you know get wasted on the weekend and then do your job and get money like what is the point of that life like i know i guess um i don't know like mm. yeah i think um for some people it's i guess this this moment is quite existential like like what is the point you know like Mm. well the point is to care about each other and like have meaningful connection and exchanges and um and not and be alive, I guess, like to be alive, to not yeah. just like fall into that pattern, like you were saying, of like mm. doing things because that's what everybody else is. And I would say that that actually goes for showing solidarity for Palestine too. I think that people do need to connect with what they're showing solidarity for too. And I understand mm. that process takes time as well. But I think that everyone needs to like um, just be in there, like, 
be in their own skin, mm. be in their own lived experience and, mm. um, yeah, kind of remain, you know, like to be, like you were saying, to, to be mm. emotional right now is completely understandable. To be, like, to be distracted right now is so understandable. Yeah. To not want to go to work because, like, mm. it feels like they've just seen like some of these things like why are we this is not important like what what i'm doing you know so yeah, exactly. it's hard to get motivated to do certain things that's all very understandable so mm. and i would say the people that are listening to 3 cr just to just to find the people that do understand you mm. as much as you can and mm. support each other and i think going to protests or going to actions um going to uh, if, but also with going to actions just i just want to say do not be afraid. Like um, most, uh, they, a lot of them are very organized. So a lot of those actions that are happening, people volunteer to do the more risky things, but most of the time they need number. So like it's hard to get arrested or it's hard to to be shut down. So I really recommend to yeah join, mobilize, or join t- even start with cultural events, and t- yeah. Um, I guess it's a great place to meet people like-minded, mm. and we are all here. Like you, it's it's very easy to find us. Um, but yeah, I wanted to touch on. Um, I, I'm very curious, um, Becky, because um, it's yeah. So being Arabic, I am connected to the Arabic community, and this. Um, what's happening in Palestine is very close to us, and we knew this since I was born this occupation has existed and the ethnic cleansing, the apartheid regime and the genocide of the Palestinian people has always been uh, a very clear knowledge to me. And um, only now I'm feeling this universal movement, like a lot of people from different backgrounds, from different ethnicity, from different gender, um, from different religion are coming together and actually seeing what I've seen for f- what I've known for since I was born. So, uh, and speaking to you with a Chinese Malaysian background, who's uh, a second second generation, or, or I think. Well, uh, I was born born okay. here, so I'm first generation Australian, but my mom was migrant. Okay, mm. fir- yeah, first generation um, who's lived here. Um, most of your life mm-hmm. um yeah it, it's it's i'm curious to know how the community that you know mm. how that process of knowing mm-hmm. um also what are you experiencing mm-hmm. what kind of backlashes or different dynamic you're witnessing within your your community yeah i think um so I'm going through just to preface, and I want to also say sorry. I kind of totally rambled before. I <laughs> I don't know what I was saying when we were talking just before, but um, yeah. So I guess I'm going through my own process of um, like understanding assimilation, mm. and it's all so uh, due to my mom assimilating. My mom comes from Kuching, Sarawak, and she's passed. She's died. She died from pancreatic cancer in 2018. And so since she died, I've really tried to understand my ancestry. Mm. Um, and Malaysia is a very diverse, multicultural place. And it's been colonized by the Dutch, Portuguese, mm. British. And when my mom was growing up, it had 
it was a British colony in Kuching where she was um, growing up. So she wasn't speaking um, Hokkien outside of being an oral language. So she she learned to write in English. And I just kind of find found those that this is happening to me at the same time as I'm learning now. In this moment, I already knew about the the Palestinian cause, um, mm. but I felt I think that we, when we spoke, I felt quite guilt about having not been an outspoken ad- advocate for the Palestinian cause since I did my undergrad uni o- almost 20 years ago when I first learned about it because we mm. we learned post-colonial studies in my humanities degree mm. and um, you read Edward Said, you read Orientalism, it's like a core text. Yeah. So it's like so many people, that's why I'm kind of shocked right now, so many people would have studied that text and that text I feel like is if you need to read one text, that text, just read, read that. that text or watch the 40-minute uh, documentary, it doesn't take that long and um, and with that you read like Noam, Trons- Noam Chomsky's um, Manufacturing Consent, there's like a really short video about like the, um, that I feel like goes hand in hand explaining the media's uh, Mm. the media the role of the media in in all of this but um having that knowledge still mm. i i think i was overwhelmed i think i mm. went to like i would have gone I, rem- I had a very outspoken friend though and i had like a mm. a jewish friend who was like unlearning mm. zionism or mm. learning and unlearning and um so would it have attended protests then but not had a, I, I honestly feel like not had enough life experience to truly understand what those so I was so young then you know mm. I was only a late teenage nineteen or something like that I didn't even understand my own racialization and my own experience so I think it's it's really taken a long time to really be able to connect um, also I I did channel my energies really into local issues so yeah. you know as much as I could learning about um, different uh, indigenous communities and where I might be able to kind of learn more and have impact or just in my role as it turns out as like a music supervisor now and the cult, cult, like a creative producer I would always be trying to platform mm. indigenous uh, storytelling in, in whatever ways or just create opportunities where there might not have been because of uh, uh, I work in the museum and arts cultural sector and just yeah due mm. to them being in incredibly colonial spaces you know yeah. so I guess I was feeling satisfied for a while doing that kind of work but then it all kind of my own understanding of my own ancestry in the last few years is all kind of culminating into this moment, really understanding so much more or being able to have a lot more lived experience to bring to this. And to, I've been searching for a long time to try and find more meaningful work. And I started to study music therapy um, in the same year that I lost my first, my first son passed away, Mm. which was really traumatic, uh, the most traumatic and, the most devastating experience I've had um, on top of, you know, having my mother be sick and caring for her and passing away. That was, that was a death that I, I could have time to prepare for. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could see it happening. I could see the, the death slowly occurring in my mom as she had, she was sick and she had cancer. So I could see that happening um, with my baby. I did not see it coming, you know, no, no one saw it coming and I, I did birth him. I, mm-hmm. I didn't, I had that experience of having him and then him dying. So it's like, it's so horrible. Um, yeah, it's a horrible experience for, for to go through. But I'm coming to this with mm. that, you know, I'm coming to having been able to f- survive child loss um, and as my first experience of parenting and also just seeing so many parents have their children killed in the most brutal, mm. inhumane ways. And, 
knowing that that's been happening or, you know, like people being separated, it also connects me to like the stolen generation here. Mm. I've always bring up tears when I think about the stolen generation. How dare you take Mm. someone's child away? Like I find it. Yeah. You know, it's so it's just like if you if anyone listens to Archie Roach and his music and his stories um yeah, they just it's so painful. The pain in in his songs is very uh visceral. And um and so I I'm coming with all of that experience, you know, with com- yeah. connecting with I guess uh decolonial kind of um uh approach to just and trying trying to consolidate that and and I I kind of I'd stopped studying music therapy after my son died because it felt mm. too close, but I'm really drawn to doing it again. I want to mm. study it again and kind of, I feel like um, that is where I'm coming to this cause with. So I guess in, in my community, I have to say there are people I've reconnected to that I've already known. Mm. And there are some people I'm just like, I don't think I can really engage with them mm. for, I don't know, like it, it it really reminds me of the alienation and isolation I felt when my son died. Mm-hmm. Some people could engage with me and realize that something terrible had happened and know that they just need to show up and say anything or mm-hmm. you know, just witness that experience for me. And some people just couldn't even fathom, didn't know what to do, froze, and I didn't hear from them for months or years or, you know, something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And that kind of alienation, when you're already feeling so alienated in your grief and your trauma, mm-hmm. is just like... It changes the way you see people. Um, yeah. yeah, some people can really stare at what life is, which is like life is l- living, loving, and like losing, you know, and like we all die. So like we have to really know what death is and what it does to us. Yeah. And um, it's a part of life as much as it is living. Like, and it's, yeah, and I think, so this moment, I'll just finish that on yeah, that, which is this moment was like, I'm feeling that alienation again now, people that aren't engaged mm. by the... You know, I read a statistic and I don't know if this is entirely accurate due to the amount of num- the, the death toll in, uh, it is very difficult for them to tally in Palestine right now, I, mm. I think. But it was something about the proportionate amount of civilians killed mm. is more than World War One or, or World War II. Like it's, a, it's the highest mm. amount. It's just shocking. A shocking, shocking factor should shake you to the core knowing mm. that innocent civilians are being killed in this, on this scale. Yeah. Um, but I find it very hard to relate to people who, mm. <laughs> who aren't moved in. in and I, 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 at the same time, I understand that everyone grieves differently. And if people are mm. engaging in, in a, their own process of collective grief or peripheral grief, I understand that changes. Mm. That's different for everybody. And that can stun people into silence and inaction. But there are just some people I think that in my life that I find it very hard to relate to mm. because they, some people might have shown support for me in my experience of child love mm. and not known me that well. And not know me that well at all. Mm. And I'm like, if they're not showing the same support mm. where this is like not just one person, this is like tens of thousands of people. I don't understand why, I, except I think we talked about it before. I think it, it's a it's a deeply held racism that mm. that is rooted in colonial projects that we all grew up with. And we all have some kind of, you know, some kind of like... Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, there's there's internal racism as well, you know. To it, like, <laughs> so yes, definitely. So I think so. That's where I'm coming to the the community that I'm in. There's some people that just get it, and I actually created like a 
a group for us to talk because I mm. had no safe space to talk about Palestine. It's like mm. where people I felt like, oh, you're bringing it up again, or you know, like yeah, I I had this <laughs> I had a similar experience, and I guess um, yeah, creating uh, a a space where people have aligned value and feel just as outraged as you are is really helpful. And maybe like those people that weren't engaging as much or were disconnected from this are now coming and coming back to it. So so it's it's good to see that. Um, but yeah, I lost my train of thought. This is the <laughs> sorry, no, I, was I keep is, rambling on. <laughs> no, I, yeah, a lot a lot to unpack. Mm. There is a lot to unpack, and it's all related. So it's hard to start answering a question about you know identity and decolonization without having to talk about all this and it's, yeah unpacking it's all this so and i think that yeah. yeah i think well i guess maybe your question was like mm. um i'm from yeah different ethnicity grown mm. up here like mm. but i I don't know. I don't. I care about it so much. I just feel like it, mm. it's the injustice. It's mm. the injustice and the fact that money rules the world, and that is just so mm. disgusting. And also, money corrupts people. So people that mm. are much less um, inclined to, even if they deeply know that, it, like, they deeply know what's going on and they see it, uh, you know, maybe they're they've got comfortable lives or they're benefiting in some mm. ways from it. You know, maybe. I mean, I'm talking about people that I will never meet in my life because they're like aristocracy or whatever they are, celebrity culture. You know, celebrity mm. culture is disgusting right yeah. now. It's absolutely... I mean, that's that's one way that um, that I think a lot of people can kind of also take action in their own personal day-to-day is by, you know, check, like, what what are you... If people have a tendency to escape into TV shows, binges, binge, binging, and all that kind of that binge TV culture, I think that's also a dangerous kind of culture. Mm. And I've I've also binged as well. Like we all came through COVID, mm. we needed <laughs> to do something. Yeah. But um, I think that's really dangerous in letting yourself mindlessly consume content, especially when mm. the content has come from Hollywood or it's come from, it's you know, it, or it could be propaganda. You know, like in some ways, I, like serving some other interest. Like I think. Mm. seek out films that's another thing that i yeah. actually thought about one day and i'm like oh, i've been i mean i always thought of it like with american movies mm. like there's always uh a terrorist a Sorry. terrorist or a protagonist <laughs> <laughs> I say that radio. it's so bad yeah. oh i mean like it's no. so racist it's so racist yeah like but even just the fact that like just for the hero like the whole story revolves around a hero who is a good-looking white man and his wife is another hot woman and blah 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 and they're both very american and then they is i don't know he goes to save her but in the process he kills thousands of people through car crashes and and all of those people are irrelevant in the plot like just to save one person who is this celebrity who is just you know physically attractive like it's just the yeah the morality is of these shows is is um i don't know (laughs) disgust me like i'm like yeah i'm just like horrified like is it it's also how it's also i feel like a lot of shows 
I feel like there is a direction they're pushing where they want to desensitize us. They want to show us, you know, yeah. l- like killing people is okay. Th- yeah. There's a lot of shows about that. So like, just I guess like senseless killing. Like it's so much. Serious. Yeah. Also, what I, this is just a separate gripe I have. Yeah. But a totally separate gripe. Hmm. Why is there like a horror gore genre? Like horror genre. There's like films that people mm. consume and... You know, when I was a teenager, I used to watch these films. But mm. the world is filled with enough mm. horror. I don't know why we. Mm. I don't. I don't understand these particular genres. I. D- I think that really. I, I will. I will say because we're on three CR, and I think if a lot of people are engaged in the community, mm. um, and aren't already aware that um, the local libraries have um offer you a canopy membership or um canopy mm. has a lot of um you know, more educational documentaries and cinema that, that is that is worth watching and that's free as well. Like, if you know, you can join the local library for free. Mm. And I think somehow trying to shift... I'm, t- I'm saying I need to do it too. Like, I need to, like... Mm. I haven't been watching stuff on any kind of mainstream streaming platform for a while, but um, I definitely have, like, in the past just mindlessly consume stuff and i feel like it's it's not it's like a it's a toxic behavioral trait that that is it's it's made so easy because it's so available and you Mm. just kind of like you switch off and you kind of escape but exactly like it's dangerous kind of content that we're escaping into like you said this normalized Mm. killing and violence and Mm. and um like yeah like this morally kind of vague like what what is the message of this what what you're consuming so i think i think that's a way that people can actually shift shift into being more um you know mm. i don't know like i think i think that comes also from i think a lot of people come to to these platforms to escape like for mm. escapism they just want to zone out and tune out yeah yeah which is a symptom of something bigger i guess yeah yeah, but that's the thing. I also feel like escapism can be done in a better way. Like, I don't know. Like, it's just you're purposely feeding your brain these, I don't know, these like um, horrible products that are rotten, you know? Mm. And it's, it's also you're being manipulated into caring about fake people yeah. who don't even have any bearing on your life. Mm. That, yeah. that, 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 you know, like, or celebrity culture, like, yeah. celebrity culture is really bizarre. And, yeah. um, I mean, right now, it's if there's any moment to remind yourself, like, these people do not care about you. You know, like, you, yeah. they say, oh, I love you. You know, like, this kind of, like, I love all my fan kind of <laughs> crap that you hear yeah. celebrities saying. Um, yeah. No, you don't. You don't know. You don't know who these people are. You don't know who exactly, you're talking to. And, like, yeah. you ultimately don't care about people because so many celebrities are silent right now and not using their platforms. And the ones who are um, are being cancelled by big institutes and, like, Susan, the actor. Susan Sarandon, yeah. Yeah, um... I do feel like some yeah. of these people can afford to be cancelled though. Like yeah, exactly. they they've got <laughs> enough money. Like why I mean Exactly, yes, yeah. I don't know. What yeah. are you wanting to remain at the top of some like mm, some true. something that 
is so morally bankrupt. Mm. This is obviously easy for me to say down from down here. <laughs> <laughs> it's just I like mean, common folk. <laughs> I mean, but it's true. Like, how much more money do you need? Just what? How much are you gonna lose? Like, yeah, I don't. I don't get it. Um, but uh, anyway, <laughs> we've been talking for a while. I know. Let's I play a song. All right, I'm gonna play a song. Um, <laughs> Uh, by Alara, who's gonna be performing um, this Wednesday mm. uh, at the Retreat Hotel mm-hmm. as part of the event that we're perf- promoting today. Musicians um, in solidarity, in solidarity for, Palestine. for Palestine. So this track is called "Birthing the Resistance." Let's let's give it a listen. Amazing. <laughs> Thank you. 
And we're back. You're tuning to 3CR Community Radio, and this is Salam Radio Show. And I'm here with Sui Chen. <laughs> Sorry, Sui Chen. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, would you like to back announce the sure. two tracks that were played? The one we just heard was one of the bands playing uh, this coming Wednesday at the Retreat Hotel. That was Snowy Band, mm. um, and that track was "Love You to Death." And 
before that we heard Alara, uh, a track by Alara, um, which was Birthing the Resistance. Mm. And Alara will be, will be um, joining us on the 13th to do uh, spoken word poetry. Um, Alara is a, yeah, a, a really wonderful writer and speaker, as well as a, a very talented um, bassist, bass guitar player and composer. But yeah, so those were the tracks that we heard. Yeah, I wanted to um, actually just mention an amazing poet who has been killed in uh, Palestine recently, Rafat Al-Aridi. Um, he is an educator as well and a teacher. And he also has his um, YouTube uh, channel. So to revive Rafat Al-Aridi, sorry. I really recommend, this is a form of resistance as well, to go and support and like, check out his material mm. and it's amazing you, you you get lessons for free on youtube and i actually watched one of the shows uh, one of the youtube clip like one of the lectures that he's put up and that one was about shakespeare mm. it was really beautiful he, he really loved shakespeare and um um and he was describing he was actually tackling Shakespeare from another perspective because we all know Shakespeare's uh, work but mm. we actually don't know that person and mm. there's actually not a lot about that person mm. and it seems to be that Shakespeare wasn't very popular at his time mm. as well um, but after his death he became more popular and and I think this is when, when you try yeah, I guess first... Um, just this is an example how you know an outcast or like not a main uh, someone who's not on the mainstream media and f like the biggest example are the Palestinian how much talent they have that we're missing out on I and it's one of the things I think to grieve yeah. alongside the horrible kind of you know the horrible amount of people who are who are being killed right now is the, for the loss of intelligence mm. and um, and uh, I think and poetry mm. but we were talking about it just before uh, and I was saying I think for people who have grown up in a resistance they uh, and on the precipice of a death due to the, the violent occupation see life in a way that so many people are just sleepwalking compared mm. to that, to, compared to the lived experience of having your senses so activated because, you know, you have to, you value what beautiful things in life you can in that kind of situation, you know, when you're, yeah, I, I think that so many people living in safety and security without question, without having to ever question that, without it ever being under threat, mm. have a very different experience of living and therefore their output is, can, can be without a true felt understanding of what it means to be alive. That's mm. my, my that, that will be a criticism, I guess, of, of people who, um, who don't, don't, you know, I don't know if they can truly know. I don't know if you can truly know that unless you really hit a rock bottom at some point or, or, or yeah. something like that. So I think that what we're missing out on from all the, all the, 
uh, all the beautiful people who are mm. putting beautiful things out into the world and being killed right now. It's just, that is such a huge injustice that I think is also something to grieve. And I think maybe your suggestion is so important to engage. I, I got a bit fearful when you mentioned the YouTube because I did hear that a lot of Palestinian content has been deleted off of YouTube, mm. been removed by YouTube. So really? I was, I would just mention it on the radio that there are people in the Palestinian community who I'm friends with in Sydney telling me there is a movement, uh, maybe um, we can put a link somewhere, but mm. to, to kind of, um, there's a call out to find your interest within Palestinian culture mm. and then um, I guess rip the videos or rip content and okay. save it in your own archive because there is like an imp- imperative to remove and erase culture from from those platforms as well. Oh, wow. So I know it's horrible. So um, I'll, f- I'll find out uh, what the call out is. It, it, I, I heard I, I was sent that kind of action from um, from my friend Maysoon who is in in Sydney. Mm, Palestine, yeah, Sydney. we'll definitely share it. And for those who's listening, um, yeah, this is a call to n- not only rip out those videos to actually seek those work mm. because they're in- invaluable. Like um, and I just wanted to say by killing Rafat like they made him eternal because um his you know i think palestinian people who are surviving who have been surviving this genocide for 75 years are extraordinary just by the virtue of surviving and um and if you're killing them by number today that doesn't mean that they've they're they're lost or they're dead they will always be alive and you're actually making them more alive to us and um yeah they will never be forgotten so um i don't know how uh israel cannot see its suicidal act like I don't know how this is, I've been, yeah, I think I talked about this with Russia as well, who runs Beta Shai Pop-Up store. It feels like logic is no longer common, like common sense is not, like she's told me this and I'm quoting, common sense is no longer common. Mm -hmm. And And you're made to feel like uh, radical for like just... Mm. having common sense exactly (laughs) (laughs) and it's like but yeah i i i feel that way um yeah you're you're really right because i think just taking up space talking about um just take whatever space you occupy and just by taking it up by uh sorry occupying space with beauty and with Mm. art and you know, with people have who have really something to say, um, is a really is also a part of resisting. You know, mm. how you use your time is a huge part of resisting. Mm. And if for all the people who are showing up the, at the rally, what what more beautiful thing is there to be there every mm. Sunday, saying like I'm going to take up, I'm going to give my like two, three, however many hours you end up saying that one hour, whatever. If you've only got that, I think. All of these things are so important, and don't let don't let anyone make you feel. Don't let anyone make you feel like that is not a worthy thing to do mm. right now. 
it's it's yeah. it's a generous thing to do but it's also just the right thing to do yeah yeah particularly like if you are surrounded with people who are not pro-palestinian and you can see the truth like you just need to make one step and you'll you know everything will make more sense afterwards like make one step come to the protest talk to people and it's not as hard you know it's not as hard as you think it's it's very easy the protest is a it's uh, yeah going to the protest for me is part of healing mm-hmm. as well is is part of you know ha- having more hope and um it's also it's important yeah it's also an opportunity to to grieve as well i think yeah. that uh, i think that's important for people to recognize if they're connected there's there's a lot of anger and anger yeah. is definitely part of grief yeah um uh but i think um just having an outlet to kind of express that and channel that into ch- how you chant and how you raise your voice mm. and put your voice, that can be so cathartic as well. Yeah. Um, and what better place to do that but in the safety of like a, a rally <laughs> yeah. where you can, you know, your voice is like, um, you know, one of many. And it's something missing in our life um, with like, even in the music scene with like how expensive it is to have, for example, a full band mm. with a sound engineer um it's becoming less feasible to be gathered in numbers and to Mm. do things with numbers Mm. and therefore like i feel like chance in a protest is such a beautiful experience Mm. that we are missing in this world and it's you know we're being ripped of a lot of things that are intrinsic intrinsic to us and um i feel like yeah this cause it is helping to come back to those things like you know, group chanting, um, just, you know, um, crying, talking to people, like being emotional. Um, yeah, there's a lot of things that are changing, having deep conversation, hugging each other. Mm. Um, yeah, a lot of things that were, you know, always thought of as, I don't know the right word, but um, I know it's. Yeah. I I'm I'm this person. I've gone through my life where people are like, always saying, "Oh, you always, <laughs> you always get deep." Like I always, I don't know, mm. go straight to the core or something. But like, what else is there to talk about? Then I don't know. I don't mm. know what people are talking about if they're not mm. having this kind of <laughs> mm. <laughs> emotions flowing. I mean, I don't know. I think I think yeah. I th- I I I guess also think three C R listeners just I'm sure that if you're tuning in, you're already like you know you're already tuned in. Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're already tuned in to to this to what what is underground. But it's like you yeah. know. Um, I can't believe it's. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we only have six minutes left. We could go for another two hours. I feel. Um, and I'm. I wanted to wanted. Uh, Becky, I wanted you to play more of the tracks that were there, and hopefully, <laughs> me talking didn't. Um, oh, I think cut, it's cut off too many songs, but fine. Uh, can we? I guess we have six minutes. Let's play. Um, what do you reckon? Should we? Should we play? I can play two songs. Two songs. Okay, right. I can play two songs. Okay. Do you want to announce some first? Yeah. In case we couldn't. Uh, yeah, this is yeah. going to be. This is really important to announce. Um, I don't know if people know uh, HTML flowers. Um, uh, 
they are an artist who uh, identifies as a sicko um, mm-hmm. because uh, living, uh, I guess another way to describe is living with a disability mm-hmm. um, and is a, is, a, is a really beautiful friend of mine who I've been friends, I'm honoured to be friends with this person. Um, anyway, HML Flowers, I play a track that I sang on with them like years ago and it's going to be the last time they play under this project HTML Flowers ever on Wednesday so you should definitely come and check it out and the next track I'll play is um, Lachlan Denton who wrote a song about his brother who died when he was 24 Mm. Um, so you know a lot of the people in my life have dealt with some kind of grief or loss or adversity on a deep level and these Mm. are the people who I tend to be closest with so Mm. I want to shout out to these people and I'll play HTML Flowers one more plug-in before you play oh, yes. of, the, of the event. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so please come on Wednesday for um, uh, to the retreat hotel for an event that Sui Chen put together. Um, it's Musician in Solidarity for Palestine. Also on Sunday, please come to the Healing for Palestine event at Auntie Elma's place, gathering place. So... Yes, these are the two events we're promoting. I'm sure there's heaps more. Um, but yeah, we're going to leave you with those two tracks. Yeah. All yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. Sun showers on a tin roof. Possum crawl on a tin roof. Stray cats in the backyard. Sun beams like glass shots Already stoned, alone in our zone Waiting for you to come home You should quit your damn job Stay home and we can be slobs Bath time, bring a laptop Vape time, whole bar pot Take shade by the chicken coop Fig trees are coming in bloom Nobody knows my passcode Save you, you know my passcode Don't feel real until I told you When I'm coming down, yeah, you let me hold you Spent all my money on pingers and weed But you got Uber Eats for me How come they always forget my Sprite? Should we watch The Simpsons tonight? Strictly seasons seven through nine. <laughs> Cause when I'm all alone, I don't feel too alone. I guess we're friends like that. Until the end like that. It's secret step, I tell you. It's mine except it's yours too. True name, you know mine. True friends so hard to find. Cause when I'm all alone, I don't feel too alone. I guess we're friends like that. Until the end like that. Can't forgive yourself what I do it for you Fuck anybody who don't adore you Yeah, I know you had it so hard, so hard lately Small people say small things in a small town Where the echoes ring, put your phone down, just talk to me Air block that fucking leech Cause the sun shines so loud here We are not from around here both come from far away places White trash in a true Chilean BFGF but no sex Sharing feelings, no ego flex Give a fuck what the rest do Don't keep a journal, instead I text you Cause it's our world, just me and you Trust few but I trust you Love few but I love you I love Cause you Cause when I'm all alone I don't feel too alone I guess we're friends like that Until the end like that Tell you. It's mine except it's yours too True name, you know mine 
true friend so hard to find when I'm all alone I don't feel too alone I guess we're friends like that Until the end like that It's secret self I tell you It's mine except it's yours too True name you know mine True friend so hard to find oh.